Welcome to the Money Shot Sports Podcast. Let's go bowling, folks. Bowl season is upon us. Nate and I are going to go over some big matchups to watch for today and in the weeks to come leading up to Christmas and the New Year's. Your week 15 NFL guide and schedule for today and tomorrow. The playoff push is alive. Which teams are going to make it and which teams are going to need help securing that final spot in this year's playoffs? Your chance to win Indiana Pacers tickets. It's all coming up next here on the Money Shot Sports Podcast. Nader. Peter. All right, let's get started. He's Nathan Sheridan. I'm Deontay Pete. This is the Money Shot Sports Podcast. Thank you for everybody tuning in today on this Saturday special of the show. Nate, we're one weekend closer to Christmas. And as I mentioned in the previous weeks, we're weekends away from the new year. Are you excited? Yes, sir, I am. Yes, sir. New Year's resolutions that I probably will not accomplish. But hey, bro, new year, (laughs) new me. New year, new me. And that's, uh, you know, it's a good mindset to have moving forward. And uh, I will say, you know, the the biggest New Year's resolution that everybody has is to 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 lose weight, you know, weight loss. And, you know, some are successful at it. Some aren't. You know, it just depends on how your mindset is. If you can be consistent with it from day one and, and keep moving forward, I, I, I think that's a that's a good way to look at it. But, you know, if you're that seems to be the number one, hey, new year, new me. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to be better. You know, maybe people are having relationship goals or um, or success goals. Like, hey, this year I want to accomplish this in my job or I want to I want to take that next step forward. So a lot of goals that people set out there and, you know, you have to you have to have that true your your ambition of, of wanting to accomplish those goals have to you know, you have to set those plans to, to, to get yourself there. And I, I think there's a lot of people who set the bar really high and a lot of people are successful. And, and then there's just some who fall off after they, after that first month. So, you know, a lot to take away from that, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll assess our new year's resolutions on the next week's show, uh, the podcast. So Nate, we're in the college football realm and it's bowl season college football championship games are coming up in the in the coming weeks so let's dive in here your bowl games and of course we go in the the fcs and we typically don't talk too much about the fcs and the football championship series teams that are not at the fbs level but teams that are 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 competing really well and we looked at the championship the fcs championship semifinals and it was the University of the Incarnate Word versus North Dakota State. North Dakota State, Nate, as we know, a school that's had a lot of success in the, the FCS level. And our days in college at Indiana State, they were in the Missouri Valley Conference. So we heard a little bit about them. And I'm sure the year before the year before we went to school there, Carson Wentz put up big numbers against Indiana State and in and, and, and that game, in those games that he played there, I'm assuming. So you talk about you talk about Indiana State or you talk about South Dakota or excuse me <laughs> you talk about North Dakota State and their their resume what they what they've been able to accomplish they have a few FCS uh, championship 
championships underneath their uh, their belt, and they they produce good talent that's in the NFL. You talk about quarterbacks like Trey Lance, uh, Drake, or excuse me, not Drake London, but uh, uh, Christian Watson, who who is the wide receiver for the 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 Green Bay Packers. You also talk about a uh, a, a talented at once um, Carson Wentz, who is now. In the who's been in the league for for about five years now, so we talk about you know this championship game and and the, the semifinals. This, I, I heard a little bit about the University of the Incarnate Word. They went twelve and two, and in, in regular season play, they were able to defeat Furman in the in the in the second round, and then the quarterfinals they they beat Sacramento State sixty six to sixty three, and then falling short to North Dakota State last night uh, thirty. 35 to 32 for North Dakota state. They did indeed win their conference. Their only conference loss to rivals of South Dakota state, the Jackrabbits. So Missouri Valley conference rivals. They were able to defeat Montana, the Grizz in the, in the second round. Then they beat Samford in the quarterfinals and in the semifinals, they were able to take out university of the incarnate word. So some, some of those FCS games to be, to watch for. And that's, that's one of the, the common ones. The FCS championship game will be played on Sunday, January 8th. And you still have the semifinals. It'll be South Dakota State versus Montana State. So that game will be played today at 4 o'clock. And then the Celebration Bowl, it'll be uh, the SWAC Conference champs, Jackson State and North Carolina Central going head-to-head at noon today. We turn our attention back to the FBS level and bowl games that, bowl games that were played – Yesterday, it was UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham, defeating Miami, Ohio, 24-20 to in the hometown leaders' Bahamas Bowl. 24th-ranked Troy defeating 25th-ranked UTSA, 18-12 to in the Duluth Trading Kerr Bowl. And today, we have a slate of bowl games. It'll be, it's the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, played at Fenway Park in Boston. It'll be Louisville. Seven and five, they're taking on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Nine and three, that game will be played shortly. Fourteenth ranked Oregon State, they will go head to head with Florida and the SRS uh, Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. That game will be played at two thirty today. The Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, presented by Sitfell, be Fresno State taking on Washington State. Game will be played at three thirty today. The Landing Tree Bowl, be Southern Mississippi six and six, they're taking on Rice. Who five and seven game will be played at five forty-five. The New Mexico Bowl is BYU. They will be taking on SMU. Again, we play tonight at seven thirty. Boise State and the Frisco Bowl presented by ServPro versus North Texas. Again, we play tonight. And getting you caught up on a couple games next week. It'd be the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Marshall versus UConn. Tuesday will be Eastern Michigan versus San Jose State. In the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Liberty versus Toledo in the roof, roofclaim.com Boca Ratten Bowl. And more more bowl games to watch for leading up to Christmas and the New Year's. 
So, Nate, as we keep our attention here with and, – and we're still talking about what's going on with I, – I know we've – Coach Prime's been the talk of, of college football for the last few weeks now. And I heard some news this week that he – it's almost like he was bashing Jackson State saying – yeah, I, I I saw a video of him talking about how, because I'm sure Jackson State couldn't afford to pay him much, maybe three four hundred thousand dollars, and I'm sure Deion Sanders, a success a successful man in and 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 in the NFL, probably has you know money a lot of money saved up. So I'm thinking, okay, he's probably thinking, okay, I'm going to get paid this much to to coach these guys, and then I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Colorado's hitting them with a, a twenty million dollar deal. Um, so we look at it. We look at it in multiple different perspectives and 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 ways, Nate. And I think that what what I heard was that Jackson State. He mentioned Jackson State had cheated him out of his money. Meaning, you know, you look at Jackson State's where their stadiums at. Uh, not the best of facility. It was built in 1950, so it's fairly, fairly old. They haven't really done much renovation. So there's been talks that they were going to build a new stadium, and and in hopes that they would they would have an uplift for for the school and and have a good presentation for for Jack, like I said, for Jackson State and and the conference itself. But as we know, it's the SWAT conference. Some of these schools don't have a whole lot of funding. Jackson State themselves have about seventy million dollars in endowment, which Nate, that's that's not too much money that they have to play with. A lot of that comes from boosters and 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 alumni, and a lot of it's just tuition from students and and so on and so forth. So you figure, what money do they have going into their athletic departments? Basketball, football, baseball, uh, and 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 tennis, and so on and so forth. So, Nate, I I think. What, what I heard was Coach Prime said a 60,000-seat 60, stadium, they claimed that it was sold out. He said he went back and looked at the receipts, and they only, they only sold 28,000 28, tickets. So he mentioned that's, that's messing with my money. Like who's he, he said somebody was stealing from him. Now, I, I don't know. I mean, Coach Prime, like I said, I, I, I like Coach Prime, but I, I think the – the backlash of him doubting and, and talking down on Jackson state it might come back to haunt him in, in certain ways. But Nate, this is, this is significant because now it's, it's like, you know, he, he went to Jackson state for a reason and it was basically like, Hey, prove us wrong. Prove us that you Deion Sanders, uh, all pro defensive back baseball player, successful NFL career prove us wrong and Nate I, I think a lot of it is has to deal with just the, the the political side of 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 what's going on you know you can talk you can talk about how such and such is going here and, and such and such is going there but I, I've heard a lot of people still doubting coach prime about him him leaving an HBCU and and how 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 Jackson State's football program might take a hit. Now, 
also because he's taken he's taken the coaching staff, he's taken he's taken players, and he's already beefing up that Colorado team already. And we talked about the transfer portal. We talked about everything that we need to know about you know who's going to go, who's going to go where. And you know we talked about last week. There's there's probably about six or eight Alabama guys who are leaving that school, who are leaving Nick Saban. And there was the I think they said there was an Alabama running back or a wide receiver who committed to who transferred to 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 go play with Coach Prime in Colorado. So this is significant because now not only is he dealing with the not only will he might deal with backlash from 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 Jackson State, but people are going to start putting him on a pedestal because he's 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 wanting he's getting he's getting these players to come transfer and play for him now i i've heard some of his motivational speeches i've i've heard everything i need to know about coach prime right so nate walk me through this do you think that i mean cuz he's he's talking so bad about how the there's no like like there's no media contracts like there's like it's it, it's tough and he had to pour some of his money out to this school to to basically make ends meet and you know from a coaching standpoint obviously it, that that shouldn't be the issue i remember when they had the flooding the flooding uh issue back in back here late in the summer and he put every single one of his players in a hotel he made sure everyone had clean drinking water because the water wasn't drinkable at the time and you know that's 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 what coach i mean that's he stepped up he said hey i'm gonna do i'm gonna do what i have to do so my my players and my staff are taken care of so i get it he's taking care of everyone else he's taking care of his 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 team his organization but nate do you think that do you think the critics i mean what, what i mean what's your take on what's your bold take on why coach prime's getting all this hit and how do you think it how do you think it plays out for him going over to to colorado well, Pete, this is interesting. I've heard, I've you know, I watch like Undisputed and stuff, and they were talking about this. And I feel like Deion Sanders is taking a backlash because, you know, before he even got on at Jackson State, he was trying to go and coach at the high D- D1 schools like Colorado, uh, say Bama, et cetera. And he, they denied him. They're like, you've never coached. We don't believe in you. So he goes to the SWAT conference which he's brought so much media attention to it. I mean, dude, I've never heard of Jackson State. Heck, I've never heard of the SWAT conference. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. I was like, what is that? Because, you know, like we're saying, there's the North Dakota State Conference right under the FBU. But I was, this is sort of stupid to me because, yeah, I get what Dion's doing. Dion put in so much time, money, and effort of his own to help that program. And he brought it onto the map. And I understand, yes, he's taken the coaches that he brought. He's taken the players that wanted to play for him with him, which is probably going to make Jackson State very not good. And that, and that's sad for them. But how do you do that to him when he is put in all this time, all the money, and now you're just like, yeah, they're singing like a song I saw two weeks ago. They're like saying, don't come back and all this. I'm like, Come on. And I I saw like Shannon Sharp talk and he's like, why is it that when an African-American coach gets a chance to go D1 and now the people that like, you know, Jackson State is, 
I believe majority African American, yep. and they're all they're on they're all dissing him, and they're all saying, "Oh, he's he's just falling to the man." No, he's they're giving him an opportunity, an African American, to coach a team to be able to grow a system, which is unheard of. You know, if you think back in like the fifties to now, there's not been many African American coaches even in college, and. I just I know it's not all about race, but man, it just feels like everyone tries to turn it into race and and they try sending hate on him. And of course he's gonna diss Jackson State. Everything that they've done to him, and I get it. Coach Prime, you know what, maybe saying some things like that where they're screwing him out of money. Is it possible? Yeah, I could see it, but how do you put it all on Coach Prime? Coach Prime has done everything well for Jackson State. Everyone at Jackson State should be thankful for him and happy that he's giving an opportunity to go to a higher level and coach D1 football, even at Colorado, which isn't a stellar program. I believe they're, what, 2-9 and nine or 1-10 and 10 last one, year? 1-11, and 11, Nate. They're at the bottom of that Pac-12 conference. Exactly. And Jackson State was the same way in the SWAT conference. People need to be happy. He's going to a place where the boosters and stuff will be able to pay for the pay for everything. It's not. And if he wants to put in some work and money for it, like he did at Jackson state, so be it. But come on, like, how do you turn down? Okay. We're going to give you 300,000. No person's going to say no to 20 million or whatever he's making, like in the millions for 300 K just to stay down and, help out a cause down in Jackson state. He's done enough. He brought, he's put you in the position to win championships. And yes, he's taken those players. Those players probably weren't going to Jackson state. If it wasn't for coach prime, let's be fairly honest. They had that D one uh, wide receiver cornerback, uh, something Hunter, and he's going to the transfer portal, obviously, but <laughs> he's not even following coach prime anymore. He's like, yeah, I'm going probably somewhere else, but you know, a lot of people are going to hate on Coach Prime. I I never really was a fan of him when he played. You know, he was a cowboy and all that. But he's a hell of a talent, and he's proven that he can get people motivated. The players, I understand the video um, of him telling Colorado players, all right, jump in the portal if you don't want to work. Put your phones down. It was taken so harsh. He wants to build a winning program. He doesn't want to be – the coach of a one and 11 team, two to three years get booted out and have to drop down to probably the SWAT conference again. He wants to keep moving up, proving that African-American coaches can do this job because, you know, that's why the Rooney rule, if we go into the NFL, dude, the Rooney rule, many African-American coaches aren't even interviewed. So this is a great opportunity for Coach Prime, and I think the media needs to stop critiquing him. Let's see what he does at Colorado next year and how it goes. Jackson State just needs to be happy for him and humble themselves because, let's be honest, Pete, was Jackson State ever relevant before him? Not no, no, so. absolutely not. So, and and Nate, you bring up a good point because you know Coach Coach Prime says that he doesn't want to go pro. He doesn't want to go coach pro because this the the college football means that these kids, these. 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids who are young men who are playing in football, he's in college football. He said this this means much this means so much more to him and in these and these and these young men. So you you can't I, I feel like when you get to the NFL level, it's it's hard to coach a 
a 30, 35 year old guy, uh, a grown, a grown man, if you would, because I mean, if you're a young coach and we, we talk about, for example, Mike McDaniel, the, the Dolphins head coach, and we'll get, we'll get in the NFL in just a minute, but you know, a young, a young coach like him who, who is probably bashing these, these 28, 29, 30 year old. And I'm sure there's some, there's some veteran guys on that team who are just like, why, who's, who is this guy? Why is he, why is he, but he's making them better. So, I get it. Maybe maybe Coach Prime goes in there, and who's to say who's to say Colorado goes six and six their first year? They're, they went. They go to a bowl game. Cool. All you gotta do is win six games, and and, and at the FBS level, to 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 go to a bowl game. That's that's a step in the right direction. And I think that as we've talked about, the the culture is going to change. You're going to see so many things go right for this Colorado team. And and I saw when he he went to one of the Colorado basketball games, the men's basketball games, and had a huge introduction. Everybody was happy to see him. And, and so I, I think that lights a spark and, and, and that's, I mean, and you see it because you don't, you don't see very many, Nate, you mentioned, you don't see very many African-American coaches and, and coaching football who, who are successful. And I can name one, one NFL coach, African-American who has the longest tenure in the NFL as a, as African-American coach. And that's Mike Tomlin. And yep. the reason why he hasn't been fired is because, because he one he's he's a very he's a motivational coach. Two, he's willing to get the job done. Three, he doesn't pull he doesn't put up with bullcrap. You saw how what happened the downfall with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and and all the other stuff that happened. He he dealt with it as it, he handled it well. He he said, okay, you're not going to play on the team. I don't. We don't want drama in our locker room. So, you know, Tomlin's been the. Tom has been the Steelers head coach for, for 15 years. And I, I think that I, I think some of these other coaches, these African-American coaches, we talk about Vic Fangio and, 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 and some of the, or not Vic Fangio. Um, give me one second here. You, you talk about some of these other coaches who, who didn't have long-term success in, in, in 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 coaching in coaching uh, at the college level or the NFL level, and I remember in 2018 2019 there was uh, Vance Joseph. So there was there was there was a lot of talk about people saying, "Oh, the NFL is the NFL targeting black NFL coaches for for firing them, black NFL GMs." I mean, like there there's so much that goes into that, but. Going back to the going back to the Coach Prime deal, I, I think that I, one I I like I like the move, and two that's yeah he's gonna he's gonna hear heat from that. But as a as a coach as a grown man, you have to be able to have to be able to work through that and say, hey, I'm here I'm here to coach football. I'm, I'm here to win a, a a conference championship. I'm here to I'm here to win a a a, a NCAA, NCAA championship. So I said we can go on and on about it, but. You know, that's just that's just I keep hearing things about it, and it's making me think like, okay, well, does does Coach Prime? How does how does this affect uh, what what's going on in in college football? So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Pete, he's got to do what's right for him. Like, he's got to do what's right for his family and everything else. He, like, honestly, who would deny like like I said, like a million dollar contract to a three hundred thousand? Like, you got to do what's right and do the professional way. I just the critics are ridiculous, man. It's starting to get bad. So yeah, so I mean, we, we'll continue to update you guys on that, and as as that goes along, 
And Nate, we turn our attention to the NFL. Playoff pushes alive. A couple teams have already clinched a playoff berth and a and their division. So Thursday night, it was the 49ers who clinched the, the NFC West. And Nate, we talk about Brock Purdy, uh, Mr. Irrelevant out of out of out of Iowa State. And they're these Mr. Irrelevant guys don't get very many opportunities. Sometimes they get signed to the practice squad or they're down on the death chart and they, you know, Brock Purdy waited patiently for his, for his name and number to get called. And they, they call, they turn to him and he, he's able, he was able to get it done. He's what two and O as a, as a starting quarterback since Jimmy G got hurt. So I, I think this 49ers team, and I, I like the way how sh- uh, Coach Shannon ha- Shanahan is 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 leading this team because you're you're talking about a team who had a quarterback controversy. Okay, they didn't want they didn't want to they didn't want to pay Jimmy G big money. They they turned to Trey Lance. Trey Lance got hurt. Jimmy G filled in. Jimmy G did Jimmy G things, and of course, in, uh, injury happens, and you have to turn to your next man up. So Trey Lance is out for the rest of the season, as we've heard. So I I, I think Nate, the the 49ers, you all eyes are gonna be on the 49ers. I I, I would say don't I, I'm one of those people who are like, don't look now, but but the 49ers this. The 49ers could do this. Nate, you think the 49ers can win out of the NFC? Uh honestly, Pete, I think they can. I like what they're doing. They got probably a top three defense right now in the NFL. And, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, mystery relevant. I like him. I really like that guy. I was cheering for him. I was cheering for Jimmy G. I like the Niners, man. They got all the pieces. They got Debo, AU, Kittle, Samuel, McCaffrey, and now with Mr. Irrelevant. And they got Trent Williams on the line and a couple other star uh, linemen. And their defense is just stacked. They're, they're hard-hitting Man-to-man coverage, they're always just ready. They're fast. They fly the ball. Honestly, Pete, I think that they can win it. Honestly, I think they are the biggest threat to the Eagles right now in the NFC because I think the Eagles are the other most complete team in the NFL. But the only thing that fears me is I don't know if Brock Purdy can keep it up. I think he can with those weapons. And Mike or Shanahan, my bad, uh, he – has done very well. He is an offensive guru. He made this he dumbs down the plays for their players. They did a basic conservative offense with Jimmy G. And I think they're doing that with Brock Purdy because he's a pocket quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I believe that the Niners can definitely do it. Them winning out of that division's cool to see. And I it's sad to see Geno Smith and them fall out. They can possibly still make it, but Looks like they're starting to get hurt. Kenneth Walker and Tyler Lockett, I believe, are out. So it's only Metcalf and Geno. So, but to get back to to the Niners, I think the Niners are the team to beat in the NFC right now. I still do not believe that the Eagles can stop McCaffrey and all of them, but we will have to see, Pete. Yeah, Nate, and and you bring up a good point because there, it seems as if you know Shanahan has come out with a a conservative style and it's, it's simplified play. I mean, we saw last year and the, and the year before they, they used Debo Samuel a lot in the, in the run game. So obviously Debo Samuel is dealing with injury. So Christian McCaffrey brings a, a lot to the table since they, since they acquired him from Carolina 
and you mentioned they have Brandon Ayuk and and George Kittle, and they have they have other weapons on that team, not just not just not just C Mac or or or, or, uh, or Debo. So you know this this Niners team, and and if we Nate, if we look at the we look at the the playoff picture right now. So obviously, Philadelphia has has clinched the play has clinched the playoff berth as as obvious. They're twelve and one. Minnesota holds the two seed at ten and three. Then third clinched division that was the 49ers. Tampa Bay's up there at six and seven. Dallas is up there at ten and three, holding the fifth spot. The sixth spot is Washington. They're seven and five. And the, the seventh spot, it's it's the New York Giants, seven, five, and one. So, Nate, there's the this playoff race isn't done because here's why you got below below the Giants, you have the Seahawks who are seven and seven, the Detroit Lions who we'll talk about in just a second, and and Green Bay, Carolina, and and Atlanta. They're they're all at five wins. So, Nate, assuming if one of these seven win teams, we're talking Washington. Uh, we're, we're talking Washington, New York, Seattle. We're it, assuming one of these one of these seven win teams. Who say lose out and those five win teams went move in? I mean that's that, that's this the thing is this this is a wild the the NFL playoffs this year the playoff race is is crazy because you have so many teams in the hunt looking for uh looking looking to play for a spot. So with that being said. I I think Nate that it, it's gonna it's gonna be a tough finish, and I I, I I like where obviously I like how good Dallas is playing. I like how good the the Commanders are playing with Taylor Heineke. They've had success, and the Giants at, since starting six and one, they're seven and five. So they've only won one game, and they've and they've tied. They're seven five and one. Their only tie came to Washington, which might come back to. Haunt them and in, and uh, in, uh, in, in, the, in the last couple of weeks here, but Nate, we talk about this Detroit Lions team who started off what one in four, one in no, they start out one in six. Yep. So Nate, this Detroit Lions team started out one in six, and now they're six and seven. So obviously only losing one game, but but winning winning five straight, winning those five games have been crucial. And give praise to Dan Campbell. And, and of course, you know, this is a team that has so much potential and a lot of up, uprise. We talk about who they have on their team as far as their, they have a good dynamic duo on DeAndre Swift and, and, uh, and Jamal, Jamal Williams, who has 15 touchdowns on the season. Jared Goff's playing at a good level. I'm on Ron St. Brown. So, I mean, they, they, they got help there in their defense. Their defense is playing really well as of late too. I mean, they, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, 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 um, trying to think, uh, Jeffrey Okuda out of Ohio State. So Isaiah Bugs, who's a who's a key defensive tackle for that team. So there's there's so there's so many more players that you can name on that team, Nate. But like this this Detroit Lions team who knocked off a they they knocked off a division rival in in Minnesota last week and. Nate, the uh, we say the playoff push is alive in the NFC. Is there any way possible that you th- you can see the Lions making a push and possibly getting themselves into that final wild card spot? Yeah, Pete, I can honestly. Uh, 
you know, the Lions are playing very, very well. And I know they started at one and six, but people need to really look into what was going on at the start of the season. They were the team that was the underdog, but everybody knew that they played hard and they played to they played to the final whistle. So I mean, if you look at it, Amon Ross St. Brown was out, I'm pretty sure, three to four games. DeAndre Swift was out for like five to six. And those are key offensive guys. And I know some on, people on their defense was hurt. I, the injury bug struck Detroit early and they needed to find their rhythm. So, but I, that team is so good. And so they're just driven, man. They're driven to win. And Dan Campbell is a great coach. I think he could be one, one a great coach in the future if he can get them to the playoffs and keep them on a consistent playoff run. Even if they don't win the Super Bowl, which obviously is the goal, no one thinks that Detroit is even making it to the playoffs, really, except for when Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford were in their prime back in the day, which was like 2012. So, I mean, if you look at it, the Giants and Commanders are sitting there. I think the Commanders make it, but the Giants lately, Pete, I'm not going to lie, the Giants are starting to play very down. They're starting to lose a lot. And they, they, they don't look like the Giants team that started – hot early I think teams are starting to catch up with okay if the way to beat them is stop Saquon if you stop Saquon force Danny Dimes who I think is a good back he would be a good backup quarterback I don't think he's a starter in the league I think this might be his final year in New York maybe next year will be his last I don't know but I think Jared Goff's playing hot for the Lions and there's talks that should they re- or keep him instead of drafting like a C.J. Stroud or someone else? And honestly, Jared Goff's playing pretty well with Lamont Raw and all them. He's got great chemistry with that team, and I think I wouldn't break that up. I would see how it goes. You got a two-headed beast at running back with DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. You have a Monroe St. Brown, D.J. Chark at wideout, tight end. Sadly, they did trade TJ Hawkinson. I thought that's when they started one and six, they traded him to the Vikings, the rival, which I think was stupid, but maybe it works out because he wanted a lot of money. But maybe they can get a tight end and free agency next year to beef up that offense even more and work on that line a little more. But yeah, Pete, I like Detroit. And you know, and I'm a Bears fan, and they're a rival, so I shouldn't say that, but I'm impressed. I, as a Bears fan, I shouldn't say it, but I'm rooting for them to get better. I want to see more competition in the NFC North because I'm sick of the Packers and the Vikings being the only teams competing lately because the Bears are on a rebuild and the Lions are the underdog right now coming out of the NFC North. So, yeah, Pete, I think that they can make it. I hope they make it. I hope the Giants fall out because I, I like Brian Dable, but I really want to see the Lions make it into the playoffs. Yeah, Nate, and that's you, – you talk about the chemistry that, that Dan Campbell's able to build, and, and I, I recall week week seven where Dan Campbell said in this in a, in a post-game conference that, yeah, I, I, I heard talks that I was going to get fired, but I'm glad I'm still here. And that's, that's the kind of spark you need, man. And this, and this Detroit Lions team has, has been in games, and they, they put up points. They put up points at will. This is a team that averages about 26 points a game. And for for some teams, not not a lot of teams can do that. You know, you see some teams only putting up, you know, 18 to 20 points a game, 22 points a game. But like I said, they put up, what, 30, 31, 32 points against the Vikings last week. And the Vikings have a really solid defense, and 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 they were able to, to pick them apart. So 
I I am a silent fan of the Lions. I I, I would like to see them, and I I'm just a, I'm a big fan of Amon Ron St. Brown. I I think he's a, a well talented wide receiver, uh, I, with with a lot of positive upside. He's he, he's gonna he's gonna be a uh, he's he's gonna be a tough guy. And I I think once they get uh, now that they have Jameson Jameson Williams back. And I, I think looking forward to the future, you're adding pieces to their wide receiving core. Now you got to start at, now you got to start wondering, okay, do we need to add another offense line? How's our offense line look? We got good running backs. Do we need a tight end Our defense? Where can we get better at? So really, really you're looking for the future. And it's like, okay, our wide receivers aren't bad. Offense line, solid quarterback. We're, we're, what's, what's our evaluation going to be at the end of the season? So Nate, you bring up a good point. I, I like, I like this Detroit Lions team as well. I, I would hope I would hope that they can I hope would hope they can make a playoff push and, and and see where they're at. So as we continue to talk and we look at the NFC or we look at the AFC playoff picture right now, switching gears. So the Buffalo Bills, and we're gonna go over the, the schedule of games for today and, and of course tomorrow. So Buffalo Bills, they will play today against division rivals, the Miami Dolphins and Buffalo. We'll talk about that in just a second. Buffalo's number one, they're 10 and three. Second, Kansas City, they're 10 and three. Third's Baltimore, they're nine and four. Fourth is Tennessee, they're seven and six. Fifth is Cincinnati, they're nine and four. Sixth is Miami, they're eight and five. And then your seventh spot, it's it's the New England Patriots. And then outside looking in right now, Nate, you have the LA Chargers and the New York Jets, who were both seven and six teams. So, Nate, theoretically, you you talk about a New England Patriots squad who's who's kind of been up and down at on offense. Defensively, they can they, defensively they'll pick you apart, and that's what Bill Belichick has has been known for have, having the defensive having the defensive minded being a defensive minded coach. But Nate, however. Mac Jones has has kind of been shaky, right? It, it, quarterback play hasn't been the best in that department for the Patriots. So you wonder, Nate, and you look at the New England Patriots, their remaining games. They play the Raiders tomorrow, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the and the Bills. So you got you got two division opponents, a really solid Bengals team, and a and a and a, a Raiders team that they'll play you to the final whistle. So directly, Nate. You figure out of those four games, they have to at least win two or three to stay alive. You know, you, you can't go one and four. You can't go zero and four. You, you got you got to at least win. You got to at least win two or, or two or two or three of those four games to 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 basically solidify your your spot in this last wild card. So the last wild card spot. So for the Chargers, they play a Titans team who's been down the last couple of weeks. They play a inconsistent, not too good Colts team on Monday. And they play the Rams, and then they play the Broncos, the division opponent. So they got one division opponent left, and then you're playing a team that you share a stadium with, who who just acquired Baker Mayfield, the Colts, and the and the Titans. So re- realistically, Nate, I can see this Chargers team. Depending on what happens with New England, I I I could see this Chargers team, this Chargers team taking taking away that seventh spot, possibly the. Possibly the sixth spot, depending on what happens with Miami. Now you also have the New York Jets, who are who are seven and six as well. They play the Lions, who we've just talked about. They play a Jags team, who's who's had a couple of good wins over the last couple of weeks. 
they play the Seahawks who who are seven and seven play them on New Year's Day and then they and they're gonna play they're gonna play a division rival the, the the Dolphins. So they another similar situation where you basically have to win two of those last couple of games for them to solidify that last spot in that playoff. So Nate, walk me through because I I think right now one, two, and three and your five spot are already going to be taken. Now, the only reason how I think Tennessee could could lose that four spot is if they, of course, lose out or they lose or they lose to a, uh, you know, they look at the scenarios, the the tiebreakers or, or or whatever have you. So, Nate, walk me through these these last. I guess your seven, eight, and nine. The seven being the the Patriots, the outs, the two outside teams looking in, the Chargers and the Jets. So, Nate, who who would you like to see secure that final wild card spot? For me personally, Pete, uh, I would love to see the Chargers make it because <clears throat> there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> oh, my bad. Uh, I'd like to see the Chargers because I honestly, there's a lot of hate I've been hearing in the media about Justin Herbert because they started so poorly. But people really need to start looking at it like this: the injury bug struck that team immediately as the season started. Keenan Allen, one of the best route runners in the whole league. I understand he's up there in age, but he's still talented. He was out for, man, like almost half the season, maybe more, like eight games it seems like. And Mike Williams, he got hurt. And Khalil Mack, who they got from my Chicago Bears, he got hurt. Nick, or one of the Bosa brothers, he got hurt. Then the cornerback that they got from the Patriots last year, the high cornerback, he got hurt. He's out for the season. So a lot of pressure has been put on this Chargers team. And honestly, I, I feel bad for Herbert because it like I felt like he had no weapons besides Eckler. And I understand they had Joshua Palmer, but no one really knew who Joshua Palmer is. And their defense, no one thinks of the Chargers defense as like a stellar defense. But when they added those two pieces, that's why the early media was like, man, this AFC West with the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Broncos, and those Chargers, man, this is going to be the stacked division because both all teams stacked it. But, man, the Chargers, I love it. I think they're, they're actually healthy now. They're getting Williams back. I believe Williams has been playing. Mike Williams. Palmer's. Yeah, Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer's playing well since Keenan all them were out, and Keenan's back. And they got Gerald Everett at tight end, and he's doing well, which I liked him. I always somehow end up him on Madden. I don't know how. But uh, for the Patriots, Pete, the reason I don't think they're going to stay, dude, I think Mac Jones is struggling because why is Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator? Do you remember – him coaching a team called the Detroit Lions like two to three years ago and them winning maybe two games each yeah. season. Yeah. Who I get Bill Belichick always brings home his guys after they get fired and they fail as head coaches. That's fine. Matt Patricia is more of a defensive coach than an offensive coach, and they made him an OC. And don't take a – I'm not taking away from – Mac Jones, I think that he's talented. I think we need to wait till next year to see if they get any pieces at all. Because if you think of the weapons in New England, Pete, I mean, they got Hunter Henry and John U. Smith. I haven't heard their names at all. 
They got Ramondre Stevenson, solid. Damian Harris, he's always hurt every other game, but he is talented. I like him. And their wide receivers, I think their number one is Nelson Aguilar, I think. And don't take away from Nelson Aguilar. You know, our buddy who's a Philly fan, I heard how bad Nelson Aguilar was, and then he's now the number one receiver in New England. That's not a good offense, Pete. That It's just not. And then with the Jets, they're the one team I think the Patriots – could fall all the way behind the Chargers and the Jets. What's sad is Mike White's hurt, so Zach Wilson's starting. And I don't think the team really is fond of Zach Wilson because they were, like, partying when Mike White, like the energy that they brought out when Mike White went in there, man, the Jets have been playing great with Mike White. But when Zach Wilson's in there, he's overthrowing the receivers He's he's making terrible decisions, throwing picks, and he's throwing attitude tanter, or tamper, or temper tantrums. My bad. And I, hopefully Zach Wilson's able to get it, but he doesn't target Garrett Wilson, solid receiver out of o- Ohio State. You, I don't. Yeah, P. I'm gonna say the Chargers. I like the Jets' defense and Robert Sala, but if Mike White is out more than this week then I think the Jets will have to win out to get in. But I think the Chargers have the best chance of making it, Pete. And honestly, I think that's going to be the sleeper team at the seventh seed. If they make it in, no one will want to play them because you're going to have to outscore that high-scoring offense with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett. I would not want to play the Chargers if they make it. So I'm picking the Chargers, Pete. I would love to see Justin Herbert get some revenge. Yeah, and and they you you make a good point because the this Chargers team, if hadn't the injuries have have struck upon this team, I, I think they're in a much better position. And you mentioned some of the key guys that they had out, Keenan Allen being one uh, their star wide receiver, and Mike Williams and and uh, you know Gerald Everett. So there's close games that they've lost that they should have won. And you talk about that week where they got completely annihilated by the 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 Jags. They got beat like 38 to 10 or something like that. But it was, you know, Justin Herbert is playing Justin Herbert football. I think they're going to make a, I think they're going to make that playoff push. I really, I really see them solidifying their spot. So as we continue to talk about the, the NFL and what to watch for, here's your slate of games. Some games are going to be played today and due to the holiday coming next week. So Nate starting at one o'clock today, it'll be the four, eight and one Colts taking on the Vikings who are 10 and three trying to, trying to come back from that loss last week against division rivals Alliance. Nate, I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings as matchup. The Colts have nothing to lose. I, I think they're the culture. Maybe try to play their hardest, but I think the Vikings are, back for revenge. Uh, they, they probably shouldn't have lost that game last week to the Lions. I think Kirk Cousins and Jettas, Jettas gets it gets it done today. Or I, I'm just going to say, Pete, it's Saturday. I think you mean Sunday they play. <laughs> no, it's today. But, it's today. Oh, they're, they're Saturday games today? Yeah, December. Oh, wow. Yep. My bad, my bad. I did not know they were Saturday games. But for this matchup, I'm going to take the Vikings. I think the Colts are just in a complete let's lose out, let's get a high pick, and let's see what we can do and build around Jeff Saturday's offense, probably get a 
new quarterback, hopefully, probably Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. But, yeah, Pete, I'm going to take the Vikings. I think their offense is going to be too overpowering for the Colts. Nate's taking the Vikings in a strong matchup against the Colts today at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. AFC North matchup, Nate, the night for Ravens playing without Lamar Jackson. And we saw last week Tyler Huntley was got the start last week against the Steelers. And he went down, so Anthony Brown, an undrafted rookie out of Oregon, uh, came in relief for Tyler Huntley, got the win in a conservative style of play. They'll be taking on Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, 5-8, and 4-30 today at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. Nate, do you think the Browns bring the pressure at Huntley this week? And I, in this matchup, I, I, like, I would like to see the Browns take the win here. Yeah, Pete. I um, this is gonna be an interesting matchup. Uh, Deshaun Watson hasn't been playing very well. Tyler Huntley. I like Tyler Huntley, but just like I said, probably a couple weeks ago when it, discussing the Ravens, their offense—they don't have any pieces. They have Mark Andrews. That's it. Their running backs are always hurt, or they have a system of three running backs, and none of them have been really solid. So I feel that the Browns are going to – and Miles Garrett's going to put it on them. And I think the Browns are going to win, but it's going to be a close-scoring game. I don't – lately, Deshaun Watson doesn't look that great. So, honestly, Pete, this could be a surprise that the Ravens' defense wins them the game. But, you know what, Pete? I'm going to take the Ravens. I think the Ravens need to win. So, I think the Ravens are going to beat the Browns. Nate's taking the Ravens over the Browns, Nate. And – you know, this is a game for for the Ravens. A, a, a win here would would boost their boost them up in the in the in the playoff race. Right now, they hold the three seed, as I mentioned. So, I I think Nate the Mark Andrews has been limited all season long, and he's dealt with injury, and he's he, he's kind of the ball hasn't been thrown its way, and I think teams are scheming up against that. They're probably bringing a an extra safety or a corner that's that's going to defend against them. So, I I think that yeah they have Rashard Bateman and uh, you know they, they have a few other guys on that team that we could we could list off. But I I just think that it's going to be tough. And they J.K. Dobbins is back. They have um, and they still have uh, Gus Edwards. So they got a good they got a good duo right there in the running back and. And J.K. Dobbins, we saw last week, ran for over 120 yards against the Steelers, who is who are the Steelers are ranked sixth in the league against the run. So, Nick's taking the Ravens in the matchup over the Browns. Nate, it's going to be snowing in Buffalo today, but Mike McDaniel has said, "Let it snow. Let you let. <laughs> we'll play in the yeah. cold." Mike McDaniel, young coach, first year as a head coach. A lot of people like him. They like his style. They like his demeanor. He's a funny guy. He's a character. Eight and five, leading the Dolphins into Buffalo. Bills Mafia will be screaming today against Josh Allen and the Bills. Nate, the the Bills had just re-signed Cole Beasley, and they, they, they're they going to need a little bit of help there in the wide receiver spot. I think they said Isaiah McKenzie went down with an injury last week, if I remember um, so they're they're gonna be they're they're gonna be limited there, but I don't think that's gonna stop. Uh, I don't think that's gonna stop Josh Allen from playing from playing his game. So Nate, this is a good matchup because we saw early this season Miami won this this 
first matchup in in Miami, and it was a it was a it was a close nail biter. So, you think Buffalo? You think Buffalo comes back with revenge and finds a way to knock off the Dolphins, or you think you think the Dolphins get the season sweep? I'm personally, I'm going to take the Bills. I they've I think the Miami the, the snow they're not used to playing in the snow because they're playing in the South weather where the weather's warm. These Bills fans live for December December football, and especially when the when the weather with the elements is where it's at. I think the Bills play better in the snow. Nate, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills in this in this in this matchup. Honestly, Pete, that's probably the safest pick this week, and I know that sounds crazy, but if you think about it, like you said, the Dolphins play in hot weather down south in Miami, and you know that's when too when that offense was doing really well earlier in the season, but. I read that it's going to be a inch or no 1.5 feet of snow on the ground for this game. So I heard it's going to be. A, I heard three to seven. Oh wow, <laughs> the matches double. Wow. That's amazing, man. Like, see, that's going to be a run. Like, who has the best running game? So you got Devin Singletary and Naheem Hines versus Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. So we'll see what happens. I like the Bills. I think the Bills are more in tune with the snow and being cold. And I know I read that the Dolphins, Mike, or, or yeah, Mike McDaniels turned on the AC in the training facility to make it 50 degrees, bro. It's going to be like in the tens to 30, negative 30 to 30, 30, 20. Degrees. Yeah. It's going to be really cold and it's snowing. That's not, that's not in a facility, but Hey, you got to do what you got to do. I remember our senior year for a rain game, our coach sprayed, got a hose out and he sprayed us, but it didn't help. We still didn't play very well because we're not. We didn't like playing in the rain. But for this, I'll say that Buffalo will win. I think they're more in tune, and Josh Allen needs to start playing like the real Josh Allen and stop playing like it's only his. Like he's the only player on the team. No, they and I, I think I think you you said it well. I mean, I, I think this Buffalo Bills team is. Buffalo Bills team is going to come out with a vengeance, and they're like I said they're they're well, right now they got the number one seed because they they beat they beat Kansas City earlier this year. So Nate's taking the Bills in this matchup over the Dolphins AFC East football tomorrow Sunday. Got a slate of games for you coming your way: the five and eight Pittsburgh Steelers and the five and eight Carolina Panthers. Nate, uh, Kenny Pickett went down with. A concussion last week. He is limited, and he was limited this week in practice. Coach Tomlin says he is doubtful. They brought in Mitchell Trubisky last week. Mitchell Trubisky threw three interceptions, which cost the Steelers a win over the, which cost them a chance to win the game over the Ravens last week. So, Nate, the moment we've all been waiting for, and the Steelers could possibly start Mason Rudolph tomorrow. Now. Coming from a Steelers fan myself, when Mason Rudolph came out of Oklahoma State, I was a fan. When he started playing like crap, I wasn't a fan. I I think this is Mason Rudolph's chance to shine, and he's ready to be back out there in the field. He knows this offense better than anybody. He played behind Big Ben for three years, and Nate, I he played good. I saw him do good things in the preseason. And he said, Deontay Johnson even said, I'm ready for him to get back on the field. I, I, I think I think this is this is his game. And and Mason Rudolph is 
as we've as we saw in 2019, him and Delvin Duck Hodges split time at quarterback, and and it it was I think they said Mason Rudolph has a has a winning record as a quarterback. So 13 touchdowns, nine interceptions as a as a starter. They do you think that? I mean, obviously, nobody. It seems as if nobody wants Trubisky to play in this game. Everybody, everybody wants to lean on the, the toes of of Mason Rudolph, and I think that's that looks like that might be the direction that the Steelers might go. Now, you talk about a Carolina Panthers team who had a switch at coach, and Wilkinson is Wilkinson will likely, hopefully, be the be the guy. And I think he's a motivational coach. Mike Tomlin said earlier this week that he knows this guy well. He re, he has uh, he has high praise. He praises this guy really well and has high respect for this guy. So, Nate, uh, a, a must a, a must win for both teams, but more so for for whether it's just a draft position or maybe maybe they're trying to squeeze way into the playoffs still, which right right now it's likely unlikely to happen, but. Nate, do you think if Mason Rudolph gets his chance to start tomorrow, will will he prove everybody wrong? And do you think that the you think and what's your take on the future for the Carolina Panthers and your prediction for this game? I'm in this matchup. I like I like the Steelers. I I just I, I I've taken I've taken other teams against the Steelers early this year. I just think that if if Mason Rudolph is the starter tomorrow. Pittsburgh is going to have a chance to win this game. I think the defense is going to step up and play better than they've than they've had all week, all season long. And the run game has the run defense has got to be better. And as I mentioned, they gave up 120 yards rushing last week to 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 J.K. Dobbins, which doesn't look good on on their end. So Nate, I'm taking Pittsburgh in this matchup. Yeah, Pete, this game is interesting. Um... With the thing with Mason Rudolph, you know, as Christmas comes around and having the last name Rudolph, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, maybe <laughs> this is his magical little month. I don't know, man. So, listen, I he's shined some games, and like you said, he didn't play well for some games. I think Mason Rudolph is a good backup. And like I told you earlier in the season, Mitchell Trubisky – when you first sign him, you're like, well, m- maybe it works out because he played well behind Josh Allen. He learned all that. Mitchell Trubisky is a backup. He's okay. He should not be starting ever. He's He can't read anything more than the field. And Mason Rudolph, I feel, is in the same boat as Mitchell Trubisky. He needs to either prove that the Steelers can keep him as a backup because I think in the Steelers' mindset, the Kenny Pickett is the future. They're going with Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. So, with Deontay Johnson saying that, I feel that Deontay Johnson saying that because he actually will get targeted a lot more because Rudolph's more in sync with him since he's played with him for the last couple of years. But I, I like Mason Rudolph here. I think the Panthers' defense, they with Brian Burns, they play all right, and J.C. Horn, but it still are the Panthers. And I can understand, I think the Panthers, honestly, Pete, they have to win now because the NFC South is so bad. The Buccaneers are choking it away. The Falcons are starting uh, Stephen, not Rattler, uh, what's his name, Desmond Ritter 
at quarterback, and Mariota's not even with the team right now. So there's a lot of things. Honestly, the Panthers, if they were able to slip in, that would be amazing. But I know that they'd get be like the team that gets wiped out in the playoffs. But honestly, Pete, I like the Steelers in this game. Uh, I think your defense is going to shut down Deontay Foreman. And I believe actually Foreman might be out. There's a lot of injuries now at the end of the year, Pete. So I don't trust Carolina. I If I'm Carolina, even if you have a chance for the playoffs, you need a quarterback. You need everything. Actually, yeah, go get a quarterback. Go get C.J. Stroud. I hate to say tank, but what 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 are they going to win out? Who are they going to get if C.J. Stroud goes earlier than what their draft pick? Who are they going to get? Like, there's some quarterbacks, but I don't know, man. I For this game, Pete, though, I will take Pittsburgh. I think, as I said, the defense is good. I trust your offensive weapons against them, and I think – Hopefully Najee and them play well. So I'll take the Steelers in this matchup. Nate's taking Pittsburgh in a crucial matchup against the Panthers. Game we played at one o'clock tomorrow. Nate, the twelve and one Eagles taking on your three and ten Chicago Bears. And Nate, do you think that this is I mean, obviously the Eagles have clinched the playoff berth. They're likely likely to clinch the the number one seed and in, in, in the NFC. Are they? Do they still roll with Jalen Hurts at quarterback to help their to help their positioning, or do you think this is a first half Hurts, second half Gardner Minshew game? Honestly, Pete, I could I could see the Minshew thing, and the reason is, as a Bears fan, there is no way in in blue hell that we win this game. Pete, our number one receiver this game is Aquinius St. Brown because Claypool is out, Mooney is out, Herbert is out. Dude, the injury bug right kill and kill Harry. <laughs> and to kill Harry, yeah. Dude, like the Bears, and that's I and I'm reading fans like, bro, just keep Fields in there. I don't want Fields to get hurt. He already has a torn shoulder in his non-throwing arm. I'm like, why do you want him in there? He's gonna get slayed by the defense by Philly. And I was excited because you know our buddy's a Philly fan, and I'm like, bro, what if we upset them? Oh, I'll have to just I'll be on his ass the whole time about it. Now I'm just like, yeah, this is a bloodbath. Whoever has the Eagles defense is probably going to get like 30 to 40 fantasy points because Justin Fields has to force the ball. He's going to have to run. I feel like, sadly, he might get hurt because he has no help. He has Cole Komet and he has St. Brown. And Montgomery's okay, but I don't know. Yeah, Pete, this is a this is going to be a massacre. I think the Eagles, even with Minshew, Minshew honestly was – outed pretty early with Jacksonville, and he didn't do that bad. The thing is, Jacksonville just really wasn't that good. They weren't set up to win. So, yeah, Pete, I'm a – yeah, Eagles are going to crush the Bears, and hopefully they bench Justin Fields and keep him safe because, Pete, I do not want to lose the future of the Bears right now. Nate's taking the Eagles in this matchup, and I think, you know, the the future for the Bears, I I think it's 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 still bright. I think you you got to give Matt Eberflus a, a, a chance, right? First year head coach for this team, trying to find the identity. The Bears are trying to rebuild their stadium and 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 bring a bring a true culture to bring the name of football back to Chicago. And 
the the name that they had in the Brian Erlacher, the Devin Hester days, the Matt Forte days, those those days. So, Nate, I I think I I think that the Bears are still going to ride with Justin Fields no matter what. I mean, I I get this is a second season. I get that you know he should have he shouldn't have he should have already been developed. But when you have no weapons, no solidified weapons in the offense that you're in that that hurts so i'm taking the eagles this matchup as well i think the eagles are going to come in playing hot i I think they're going to ride all over the bears so nate the falcons and the saints nfc south matchup and you talked about desmond ritter will be the starting quarterback for the falcons and it'll be the saints nate uh i the the saints have been limited offensively and when we talk about limited offensively alvin kumara has not had a best of season and I think, I think Desmond Ritter comes out with a bang. I think this this Falcons team with with uh, Algier, Patterson, and the the, uh, the weapons that they have on offense, I, I think the Falcons are going to win this one in a nail biter, Nate. Yeah, Pete, the Saints uh, with you know uh, some some people call him Slant Boy. Michael Thomas is out with a surgery on his turf toe. He's out again. Um, and their quarterback controversy being Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston, and Winston got hurt and he got benched. So Kamara is already on the chopping block pretty much, in my opinion, not because of his talent or anything, because of his off-the-field issue from his this past year when he got in trouble after the Pro Bowl. Um, I think the Falcons with Desmond Ritter is going to play fine, I think. Hopefully they'll dummy down the offense and hopefully they'll target Pitts. How is Kyle Pitts, the man who did all this in the combine, just he's not doing anything. He's been like the biggest failure, I feel like, from fantasy to actual personal stats the past couple years, Pete. And I don't know. I think the Falcons have a better team. And as I said earlier, the NFC South still open. The Falcons could make it. But I still think the – Bucks will finish it because of Tom Brady. But, Pete, I'm going to take the Falcons also. I think this is a must-win game for the Falcons, and the Saints are riding on the red rifles. So I'm going to take Desmond Ritter and the Falcons. Nate's taking Desmond Ritter and the Falcons in a matchup over the Saints in New Orleans. Should be a good matchup and a, a key matchup in the NFC South. And I think the right now the Saints are playing for draft position and trying to hopefully get a – a top 10 pick. Nate, the Detroit Lions and the New York Jets, Nate, uh, a good a good matchup. We talked about Zach Wilson's going to get the start due to Matt White being hurt. I I think the Lions are going to find a way to win this game. I, Nate, I think I'm, I'm comfortable with my pick with the Lions over the Jets. I just think that Zach Wilson, after sitting out the last couple of weeks, I, I don't think that identity has been found. So I, I think I think the Lions are going to come in. I think Jared Goff's going to have a good game, and the offense is going to put up some points and a, a lot of yards. I'm saying the Lions in this matchup. Yeah, Pete, the safe pick is the Lions. Uh, like I said, uh, Zach Wilson starting. I'm not a fan of Zach Wilson. He makes he doesn't make the right decisions, and he overthrows his receivers. Doesn't target his best receiver. I'm safe to say that this could be a blowout, but. The Jets' defense is good, and Salah won't allow it. But, Pete, I will take the Lions as well. I like what they're doing, and I want them to make the playoffs. Nate's taking the Lions as well in a matchup in the Meadowlands. Nate, the Dallas Cowboys 10-3 playing really hot, playing their best football. 
However, they almost fell an L-biter to the one, now 1-11-1 Houston Texans last week. They're going to have a tough test this week going to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars, who who have been spoilers over the last few games. Nate, you potentially see this as a trap game for the Cowboys. Yes, Pete. Absolutely. The Jaguars, you know, their coach, Doug Peterson, he was the Eagles coach. So if anyone knows how to stop Dak Prescott, it would be Doug Peterson. So this could be, I like what Trevor Lawrence is doing down there in the South with Doug Peterson down in Jacksonville. And, but I think the Cowboys will win this game. They need to rely on the run game and keep away from throwing away a bunch of picks because Dak Prescott somehow always throws two picks a game and then somehow wins. I think he needs to stop throwing picks, and then he'll be considered a top 10, top five quarterback possibly in the future. I'm taking the Cowboys, Pete. I think the Cowboys need the win because you know what's coming up? The Cowboys and Eagles, and that's going to be a fun game on Christmas. Nate's taking the Cowboys in a crucial matchup over the Jags. Nate, I'm going to take the Jaguars in this matchup, and I, I think I, I think the Jaguars, like I said, they've been spoilers this year. And you talk about they've had key wins over they they came back and beat the Titans. They came back and beat the 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 they beat the the Ravens earlier this year. They knocked off they were able to knock off the the Chargers as we mentioned. So I, I think Trevor Lawrence is, is growing and Doug Pearson is is uh, this team is trending in the right direction and looking forward for the future. So I think the Jags are gonna win this game. And a nail biter because Dallas is only favorite for four points. So I mean, you figure that's really just a field goal, or you call it a touchdown if you would. But um, I, I think I think this is going to be a good game. But I'm taking Jacksonville at home. That Duval country will be there. Go wild out there, Nate. The ten, the ten and three Chiefs come off win last week against the Broncos, and they will be taking on the one eleven and one Houston Texans. I don't think this is. If there's any question about this matchup, Nate, I think the Chiefs are going to run all over the Texans. I'm taking the Texans, Pete. It's going to be an upset. The te- they've taken the Texans in an upset. Wow. Yeah, man. You know, they don't. They might not have Brandon Cooks. They might not have Damian Pierce. They might not have uh, whoever else. But if anyone can upset them Chiefs, it's Davis Mills. I'm. That's going to be my big upset of the week. The Chiefs <laughs> lose to Houston. They'd taken the cheat or the, the the Texans over the Chiefs and upset at NRG Stadium in Houston tomorrow. The Cardinals, Nate, and we'll talk a little bit about them and and what's going on with them. Kyler Murray's out and he's out for rest of the season. The Broncos are three and ten, so two teams that don't have any much to play for. People are talking about that Cliff Kingsbury should shouldn't be there next year, Nate. What's your thoughts on this matchup and what do you think about the the critics? Um, I think that Cliff Kingsbury should not be there. I do not wish upon anybody to lose their job, but the past couple years have told us Arizona starts hot, then they lose. But this year, Arizona just hasn't been good. There was controversy with the Kyler Murray uh, contract thing of him gaming on Call of Duty and all this and watching film, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury started hot, but now he's, he's probably on the hot seat. He's probably going back to college, Pete, to be fairly honest. I don't really understand how he got the job besides being the offensive coordinator for Kyler Murray, I believe. And uh, I don't know, man, but I think the Cardinals lose this game. The Cardinals are on a down thing, down world spiral. And 
if I'm D hop and Marquise Brown, I'm requesting a trade. It's time to get out of there, man. They need to blow it up. That whole team needs blown up right now. Their team's not good. They're not going to make it. I don't know, man. So Cardinals lose Cliff Kingsbury. Sorry, man. You're, you're done. It'll be Brett Ripien getting the start for the injured Russell Wilson suffered a concussion last week in that loss to Kansas city. Nate, the Patriots and the Raiders and the Patriots obviously trying to hold position in the, in the AFC wild card spot. Raiders, obviously a team that we, you know, we, they, they've six, five games that they've blew leads in. So you figured if those games never happened, the Raiders are a double digit win team. Nate, I, I think the Raiders, Offense is going to get it going. I, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of of of, of Jacobs, uh, Josh Jacobs. He's got 11 touchdowns on the season, 1400 yards. Uh, Devontae Adams, 82 receptions, 1200 yards, 12 touchdowns. Derek Carr, 20 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. So I I think Nate in this matchup, the though the Raiders don't have the best of defense, I think they find a way to contain. Excuse me. I think they find a way to contain the passing game, which might force New England to run. So, and and the Raiders put up points on offense, and they can do it at will. So, Nate, I'm taking the Raiders in this matchup over the Patriots. Yeah, Pete, this is going to be an interesting matchup because the head coach for the Raiders is a prospect from uh, Bill Belichick's camp, I, I believe. Yep. So, I think if anyone knows how to stop him, it's Bill Belichick and. Even though I don't, I'm not a fan of the OC, Matt Patricia, I think the Patriots run the ball. They time manage it against the Raiders because, I mean, in the passing game, the Raiders should be so much better. I know they're getting Hunter Renfro back and Darren Waller back, but they're already out of the playoffs, I believe. So I'm going to take the Patriots. I think, like you said, the Patriots need to win. I think they're going to set it up to get a win here. And I think Belichick knows the scheme to beat the head coach. So yeah, Pete, I'm going to go ahead and take the Patriots. Nate's taking the Patriots in a must win game in Las Vegas tomorrow. Nate, we mentioned this, these two teams earlier would be the, the chargers and the Titans. The Titans have blown leads in the last couple of games. And we saw them do it against, we saw them do it against Cincinnati. We saw them do it against Jacksonville last week. Mike Vrabel is not happy. And I think for the Chargers, they're riding momentum. Justin Herbert, as we talked about him earlier, they they need this win crucially to to keep themselves alive in the playoff race. Nate, at home, I I this crowd's going to be there and and at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. I'm taking the Chargers. I I just don't see. Yeah, you can run the ball with Derrick Henry, but. If if you can't get anything going, the problem is they don't have any wide receivers. I mean, they have Westbrook, Akine, they have Traylon Burks, they have Josh Reynolds, but I mean, I, I, there's just there's just not a whole lot of going good for these guys, and I and I think that's it's gonna it, they're they're gonna lean heavy on on trying to get Derrick Henry involved early so they can win this game. But Nate, you asked me, I like the Chargers. I've, I've kind of rode with them most of the season. I think they find a way to get the win there at home. Yeah, Pete, that's a safe pick. Uh, like you said, uh, the offense for the Titans is not playing very well. Derrick Henry, they have to rely on him. Um, I don't I, – I like Traylon Burks. 
Robert Woods, ever since being traded from the Rams to the Titans, has been not very good. I don't know if that ACL injury just took him out, but he's not been the same since. I don't like Ryan Tannehill. He's too too time management, too conservative, and I think he's starting to downplay, and I think they just catching him. Um, but I do like Justin Herbert and the Chargers here, Pete. I think if anyone can stop uh, Derrick Henry, it's – Bosa and Khalil Mack. So I'm going to take the Chargers in that high power offense. I think they're going to outscore them. So I'm going to take the Chargers, Pete. And taking the Chargers in a matchup over the Titans in Los Angeles. Nate, a, another good matchup to circle on your schedule. It'll be the nine and four Joe Burrow Bengals and Tom Brady and the six and seven Bucks. And as a six and seven team, they have a wild card spot. <laughs> so, uh, Nate, this Buccaneers team, man. I, I think Tom Brady. This, I, I think Tom Brady. I've several rumors that he might play one last season in New England, but I, I think this is his last season with Tampa. Chemistry hasn't really been there since his divorce. A lot has going downhill for Todd Bowles and this team. I think I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals come marching in and get a win in Tampa tomorrow, Nate. Yeah, Pete, the whole uh, Tampa Bay organization right now is in crumbles. You know, Tom Brady's off the field divorce. <clears throat> that was affecting him. But I think the retirement of Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles taking over, Todd Bowles is not doing good as a head coach. The coaching staff in general is doing very poor. The players are not having any chemistry whatsoever. So, yeah, Pete, Joe Burrow is probably – Easily a top three quarterback right now. I think he's proven everyone wrong. And I know the Bengals started pretty – they didn't start as hot as they did because they had that uh, Super Bowl hung up, hangover. But honestly, Pete, I think that they're going to outscore Tom Brady. And if he beats the GOAT, man, I think the Bengals could be an AFC favorite right now. So, I like Joey B, Jamar Chase, and those boys. I'm taking the Bengals. Who day? Nate's taking the Bengals and a matchup again. Against the Buccaneers tomorrow in Tampa. Nate, two teams that played each other a couple weeks ago that tied a uh, crucial NFC East matchup. It'd be, it'd be the New York Giants taking on Taylor Heineke and the Commanders. Nate, let's just hope these two teams don't tie again. <laughs> but I, I like Taylor Heineke. I like what he's been able to do. Like I said, we've talked about him all season long, his career. Uh, undrafted quarterback out of old dominion who's who's play had stints with the with the uh the vikings and and so on and so forth got his chance he's playing really hot ball nate i i just don't think that the giants since starting six and one i i don't see them get in that identity. I think they're going to be the team that falls out of the playoffs, the playoff spot that's going to allow one of these bottom two teams to make it. Nate, in this matchup, I'm taking – this is a Sunday night matchup. I'm taking the Commanders over the Giants, and they actually flex this game due to the the playoff push for this game. So, Nate, I'm taking the Commanders and Taylor Heineke. Yeah, Pete, that's my pick also. I believe that the Giants – they started hot, but Saquon is starting to get slowed down, and they're starting to stop him. They're forcing Danny Dimes to throw the ball, and, you know, they traded Kadarius Toney. Uh, Sterling Shepard's hurt. 
and their receiving core is starting to slim down. I think the line and the defense are starting to get beat on. So I think the Heineke and the commanders are going to get hot and they could be a sleeper team in the playoffs. If they make it, man, I would not want to play Taylor Heineke, but yeah, Pete, I'm going to take the commanders. I like Taylor Heineke and the commanders. It's saying the commanders and that wraps up. Well, we got Monday night game. It'll be the Rams and the Packers, Nate, two teams that don't have much to play for. I think Baker Mayfield gets it done in Lambeau, Nate. Um, Pete, honestly, I'm going to take the Packers. Um, Baker Mayfield, you know, he had that one great drive, and now everybody's like, oh, career resurgent. Guys, he – no one was ready for Baker Mayfield that game, and I guarantee you, even with Green Bay playing down to their opponents and them not playing very well, Aaron Rodgers, this is a game for you to win. The Rams are – playing very bad this year and I believe that the Packers will win this game and show Baker Mayfield's flaws again Nate's taking the Packers thinking that Baker Mayfield might have some downside to him in this game Nate that concludes week 15 the playoff push is alive and folks your chance to win some Pacers tickets and we're going to talk about this here real quickly. Saturday, New Year's Eve at 3 p.m. It'll be the Pacers taking on the Clippers at Gamebridge Fieldhouse at 3 p.m. on Sat next Saturday, or this a week from next Saturday. So, who is the first college team? and FCS to win the championship. Who won the first – actually, let's just say, who won the first FCS championship game in in, in college? Um, who's the first FCS championship? Who's the first FCS team to win the FCS championship? So I'm looking for the team, who they played, and what year. So who, when, and where. So, again, Pacers tickets Saturday, December 31st against – the Clippers, Gamebridge Fieldhouse, and Indianapolis should be a good matchup. With that being said, Nate, you want to lead us with anything? Yeah, um, quick thing. Uh, you know, we want to get our fans interested more. So I was thinking, Peter, what if for these bowl games, the serious bowl games that are going to be coming up, not the ones this week, we do a thing where we do a prediction off. We do one thing. Like the loser has to get pied in the face or something. I think that would be really funny, and I think a lot of our fans would enjoy it if we were going head to head in a matchup like that. Yeah, we so, get we get it on video. I, I I would be okay with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, like or yeah. So we do pie in the face, and then we pick probably the week of all the bowl games with like USC and all them boys, and we just go team for team and. Who you pick, say you pick OSU and I pick Georgia. That's how it would go. So we would draw, we would do rock, paper, scissors to who'd go first and who would get what pick. So yeah, guys. So let us know in the comments. We can do that more. So we can, we want to bring more light into this and we want to have some more fun with you guys. So yeah. Nate brings up a good, good idea and I'm, I'm all for it. 
Whether I, I, I think I think if I'm right, I'm gonna pie Nate in the face. <laughs> or, I don't know, Pete. I don't or, know. Or get or get nailed in the face by some snow when it starts snowing up here. So we'll 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 we'll, we'll bring that up to you guys. We'll go ahead and post that in the in the question discussion. So, folks, with that being said, we are out of time. Nate, hope you have a great rest of your weekend, my dude. You too, folks. We want to thank you guys all for listening, and we will see you guys back here next Saturday for a special Christmas Eve podcast. So everyone has a great weekend, rest of your weekend, have a great next week. And we will see you guys next Saturday on the money shot sports podcast. Nate, we'll see you next week, dude. Broncos country. Let's ride. Have a good one. We would like to thank everyone for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to like us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram for more news and updates. We'll see you guys back here next weekend on the Money Shot Sports Podcast.